For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is June 11th, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by NYC Demon Diva and Alfred Kanawa to talk about SmackDown on Fox. Got a lot to get into. A lot happened tonight. Big egg yeah. seg- segment tonight. Uh, big opening segment. Tensions building. So much going on. Uh, before we dive into that, though, Alfred, uh, what do we got in the news today? Uh, quite the busy news day. Let's start with... Uh... There are reports that Alistair Black is expected to sign with AEW, according to The Observer, although nothing is official yet. He's still under a standard 90-day non-compete. It is expected that Alistair Black will wind up with AEW. What do you think about that, Issa? But I also read rumors today that WWE was trying to get him back. So I feel like this speculation of where he's going are going crazy right now. That being said, I think we talked about it when we talked about the releases. Whoever gets Aleister Black is is adding a top star to the roster. So if AEW, I feel like he's perfect for AEW, to be honest with you. That's actually where I would expect him to go. I think it will make AEW even better. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I mean, if he goes back to WWE, though, like... That'll be interesting. It would have to be based on money, though. I mean, how dumb would that be to the company that just squandered him again and again... Yeah, but haven't you noticed how positive he's been talking about them? Yeah. Like, I'm just yeah, throwing that out there. He has been, like, extra positive about WWE. I think he's just, you know, doesn't want to burn his bridge because I think Zelina Vega's on her way back, and I don't even know if they nixed that thing either. But, yes, he's being very positive to WWE. We'll see how this turns out. We'll see if he's a top star. We'll see if his potential uh, becomes what it was in NXT uh, because, for now, all his appeal is is really is it's another guy who can have great matches, and they have no shortage of guys like that. So my questions would be, who are you going to feud with? What's the story they're going to tell us about Aleister Black? How are they going to make this guy into a star? Because if it's just, oh, it's another guy who can have a great match, that's going to add nothing to their bottom line. Uh, but, you know, hopefully he does land somewhere and makes more money than he was. I, I don't think he should go back to WWE. I think that would be a big mistake on his part. Uh, but speaking of people coming back, another person who's making the round, Samoa Joe might be on his way back to WWE. According to Fightful Select, they said that there is a couple of people who are saying that they possibly would want him in NXT. <laughs> what would you guys think about Samoa Joe coming to WWE? Uh, my favorite Samoa Joe was NXT Samoa Joe. So if that was the case, I would not be opposed to it. I, I always thought he was fantastic there and he never lived up to that in the main roster, maybe due to injuries. You know, you, we don't know the full story here, but Samoa Joe in NXT was on a whole different level. And yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just, are they going to use him to his full capabilities or is he better off going elsewhere? I, I don't know on that one, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think NXT could use him right now. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he is a great feud for Karrion Cross. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. So I mean, I don't know about on the mic. He will probably destroy. He will yeah. destroy him on the mic. Sorry, Alfred. Go ahead. Oh no, no, he, he probably would. Um, or you know, as long as they cater to Karrion Crosses, maybe he wouldn't. But the thing is, I'm looking at this lineup for Sunday, and it's just four interchangeable guys. Just the way they look, and then versus Karrion Crosses, they're gonna probably have a great match and jump around and stuff. But people have not been into this feud. I want to see Karrion Cross fight monsters. They're really doing this internet wrestling thing with Karrion Cross, where they're talking about how I can go, man. I can have great matches, which just kind of undermines the whole idea of the work storyline and a championship that you're trying to win. You're not trying to have a good match. You're trying to beat somebody up. And I just think, you know, even if they brought in Braun Strowman, who we'll get to in a little bit, and have him have a quick run with Karrion Cross, so that Karrion Cross can beat Braun Strowman. NXT needs something yeah. in terms of Karrion Cross to do for him to be more interesting, because I think they've really brought him down since he won that world title. 
Yeah, Alfred. I actually I agree with you. I remember when he had that amazing match with Damian Priest. That's the first time that I thought he felt like he was fighting somebody at his level, size wise, and and what they can do in the ring. And, and I thought they put an amazing match, which made me wonder why didn't they had a long term feud those two? You know, and they call um, Damian Priest after that. But yeah, I agree with you because he just looks so out of place in this field that he's yeah. in right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he's got to do something, man. They have to give him real competition. That's the problem. I mean, some of these guys in this Fatal Five way. I yeah. mean, you think Kyle O'Reilly's going to win? Absolutely no, not. No. Begun. I mean, and God bless these guys and they're great workers. But NXT, and this is becoming a growing problem. It's, it's a lot of very good wrestling that is hard to care about. You know, outside of them okay. having good matches, we like it because we love wrestling and stuff like that. But it needs to do a better job of having that appeal to where you feel something for it because. You know, if it's just a bunch of wrestling all the time, you can only enjoy so much of that until you really care about stories. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I stopped I stopped watching NXT for a little while after, you know, the Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode where they were telling different stories and you were invested in these people. And now that I'm watching it again and you say it that way, yeah, that's probably why I'm enjoying it because it's good matches storyline-wise. I don't feel myself attached to the storylines that they're telling right. with the main title. It's tough, too, because the other storylines are pretty darn good right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but if you if you want to put it out there, it's like I'm more interested on in a title that's not even sanctioned going into Sunday than I am in the main title. And that's, exactly. that, that tells you something. That is the yeah. big takeaway from NXT is the thing that I think stood out is more, I guess it's more sports entertainment oriented, but it's more entertaining because it's these guys who've built up this feud over this title that they've instilled meaning in. Like Ted DiBiase's come back to talk about how important it is. That's the, I'm telling you right now, that feels like the main event on the show, honestly. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, what else is in the news? Uh, Braun Strowman is commanding twenty dollars to $25,000 for his post-W appearances. So, if they want to bring him in in NXT and have him job to carry across, you know, maybe they can throw 50000 at him. Well, WWE does have that money, but the indies that are trying to reach out to him? Oh, no. They might not want to pay that much, but at the same time, Braun Strowman was main eventing WWE pay-per-views fighting for a main title a month ago. So I think, he yeah. knows his worth. I think Braun could get, I mean, he could he could book easily a thousand seats at a twenty dollar ticket. You know, I mean yeah, he could draw. It'd be very yeah. interesting. I mean, I, I'd be very interested to see who could afford him or who's gonna willing to take that risk. He's a good loss leader, though, man. If I had a local promotion and I thought that my roster was great and I could do a really great card to get, you know, local talent in front of an audience, that would be a surefire way to get an audience. And if I could even break even on that show or not lose that much money, that would be a great way to help build a promotion locally. Right. One thousand percent. Yeah. He's a good yeah. attraction, man. Yeah, he, he looks better is. with the beard trimmed. By the, I thought that was the news you were going to share that he trimmed his beard. I was like, <laughs> oh. "Wow, you should have done that a long time ago." <laughs> Buried the lead here, yeah, Fran. Yeah, now is a short beard. He does look better. He does look younger. I think yeah. uh, with that, yeah, beard. and like more of a heel. I think. I think if that yeah. guy showed up in AEW, people would be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> and I think um, also given the fact that he wasn't an independent wrestler before all this. No, yeah. no, he pretty much did it straight to WWE. He's in NXT for a cup of coffee, and then Vince must have taken a look at how huge he was, and then he showed up on WWE TV. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot that could be done. You know, he really him. worked on himself, though. When you go back and see the Braun Strowman that showed up as the black sheep with the Wyatt family to where oh, he's yeah. at physically, you have to give him props for how much he put into you know into himself and, and worked on getting better. Yeah, his yeah. future in wrestling is solely predicated on Braun and whether or not he wants to do it. Because if he does, he can go somewhere else and make a lot of money. In, as he could a be the face of a company. He could. Absolutely. Not WWE, but he could be the face of one of these companies. Yeah. He can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, finally, we have The Rock, who is reportedly, um, WWE is interested in having him uh, return. They're looking possibly at Survivor Series, according to Andrew Zarian of Batman Podcast to where um, Survivor Series is going to be held in Brooklyn and WWE wants something big and it's a big show and The Rock could be a possibility on the table. What do you guys think about The Rock returning by Survivor Series? I cannot wait for him to lay down for the tribal chief. <laughs> <laughs> Man, here's the problem though. So we're going to have, they got to give Roman some good interim feuds because if we're just kind of waiting for Roman and Cena and Roman and The Rock and Roman and Brock, like, I don't know. We we still got to put on a TV show every week. 
I mean, they're doing that. You can't help it that he's feuding with two child, two children right now. You know, yeah. that, that, will, that will pass <laughs> after Hell in a Cell. Those are Issa's words, not mine, but I agree with the sentiment. <laughs> but um, I think I think Survivor Series hasn't been treated like a big pay-per-view, like in, in a lot of, in a couple of years. It just hasn't. They, they got lazy with it. This whole thing, Raw versus things, SmackDown. It's BS. That's not what Survivor Series is supposed to be about. Except for the year that they involved NXT. I love that. I love that Survivor Series. But outside of that, it hasn't felt like a big, like one of the big ones, right? I feel like Money in the Bank feels more interesting than it Survivor does, yeah. Series. This could really, really bring back that atmosphere that Survivor Series is one of the big pay-per-views. And it's in Brooklyn. I mean, come on. You guys look at the smile on my face when you said oh, yeah. that. I, well, I yeah. Walk. And going to need something uplifting like Survivor Series after they choke away that 2-0 lead and the Bucks come back and beat him in six. Right, Issa? Oh, my God. We're talking about wrestling here. Um, we are, we are, and look. I'm comparing wrestling to another. You were waiting, you were waiting for it too. I was like, damn it. I know this show is about SmackDown, but I know people that watch this show no, love no. all professional wrestlers and to follow even amateur wrestlers, and that's why I petitioned Raj Geary. I said, Raj, in weeks past, you said just really focus on SmackDown. Don't talk about what else is on TV. But tonight, I told him we we're going to do live check-ins because I know you're a fan of wrestlers, and uh, if you are over on IFC. Uh, high school wrestler Andrew Clark is in the confrontation of his life with the John Bender in the 1985's The Breakfast Club. They're in detention on a Saturday. They're all from different backgrounds. They're all from different cliques. But can they come together and learn to understand each other and in the process learn something about them, themselves? The Breakfast Club, tonight on IFC. I know if you're watching that watching this podcast, it's okay. We get it. We understand. Uh, right now, just to give you an update, Principal Werner is uh, giving Bender more detentions because he's talking back. We will check in later throughout the show and let you know the progress. Yeah, you're my no spoilers. Well, yeah. we're gonna. I told Roger so we're gonna go light on spoilers, but we want to update people because I don't want them to feel like they're missing out on what else is on <laughs> while the Wrestling Inc. podcast is on. I said, Roger, it's important. People look to us for the truth. Glenn, you're the man. You're the man. <laughs> Hollywood X four ninety nine says, "Do you think eventually Naomi will join Roman and the Usos? Maybe after the draft, have her feud with Bianca eventually." I would I love to see it. I'm telling you, we need a whole Anoa'i universe like this. After some of the segments tonight, it's like they need more time to tell these stories like this. So if Naomi join, then good. Oh my God, it would be amazing. And then, and I want to see. Ever since they had that interaction at the Royal Rumble, I want the feud between Naomi and Bianca, and I think it will be awesome. I think she should come in right now and like slap the crap out of her husband and be like, "What is happening here? Like, don't be stupid. We want to be main events. Like, just acknowledge him, bro." So let's talk about this opening tonight. Uh, I missed part of this because I was ordering dinner. Alfred, what happened at the start of the show? Uh, start of the show, Jimmy Uso comes out, piss and vinegar, cuts a great promo talking about how he had the match. Not that he had the match won with his brother, but they could have won the match and Roman Reigns screwed it all up. And he thinks Roman Reigns did it on purpose. And he said, and his exact words were that he was going to do something that he would not regret. So I don't think they paid that off really, uh, but he said he promises by the end of the night, I'm going to do something to Roman uh, that I'm not going to regret. Yeah, he also said that Roman was jealous. He did say that, yes. <laughs> it was um it was awesome to see Jimmy. The way that he um transitioned into the storyline, right? When he came back, I felt like is he gonna get lost in, in, in this storyline because Jay has advanced so much in the yeah. last year with Roman Reigns? But Jay just fit right in. It is the storyline that we look forward to every Friday, and that's what they play it out throughout the entire show. They do know the audience, and they know what we're invested in. And he's acting tonight, not just here, later on as well. I thought he was right up there with, G with Jay. I think they're both doing amazing, and I need to see them in a match <laughs> at this yeah. point. I thought his promo was great, and I love the reaction that Roman Reigns had when he was talking to Jay, and then he heard the music. Like, why is this guy coming out there without my permission? It was everything. <laughs> really Really, really enjoyed it. No, it was like really a great uh, opening segment. Yeah. It'll be interesting, though, because with what they announced with Roman and Ray in the cell at Hell in a Cell, yeah, it, it feels secondary, right? Like, I'm much more interested Everybody. in... Yeah. This is such like this is uh, what indicates to me that WWE is struggling in terms of telling their stories. The hottest story they have going is 
Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso, like, or some form of Roman Reigns going against the Usos. They're coming up on Hell in a Cell where they can tell such a perfect story. But for whatever reason, they're just dead set against pulling that trigger. And even though Ray did a great job um, in his role, uh, this whole Ray thing was sprung upon us. It kind of came out of nowhere while they were telling another bigger story. Like, this is their hottest storyline. But instead, they're just going in a completely different direction, which I don't agree with. But I thought Ray did a good job in being the challenger tonight. Well, uh, I'm sorry, you said. No, I was just going to say it, it was funny because my original reaction when Ray was trying to call out Roman was like, don't you think Roman has enough in his hands right now? Like, Roman has bigger things to do. Like, stop it. <laughs> so you're right. It's like the, it feels so secondary to what's really going on right now. Yeah. Um, I just think before they released Braun Strowman, they couldn't put him in a feud for Roman just to beat him up one last time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I love I mean, that feud. Those two main magic. They kind so of tells good. you that it was probably last minute because I think if they would have known in advance that Braun Strowman is going to be cut, they're definitely feeding him to whatever monster they think is coming next. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I don't get it at all. Um, so we had more drama of that throughout the night. We'll talk about it. Kevin Owens, a Big E versus Sami Zayn and Apollo Cruz tonight. Uh, I mean, the big takeaway here is that KO and Big E won, um, but after Apollo and Aziz. Uh, turned on Sammy, attacked him, and next week we're going to see Aziz wrestle a match. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way that commentary was, like, really trying to, like, skip around the whole Biggie and Alistair Black thing. Yeah. Because I feel like they all knew, like, we're just waiting. Are you going to talk about it? Like, are you going to mean in Black us and, and pretend it didn't happen? And they did just that. Um, but Biggie and Apollo Crews work so well together. The problem is that they've been doing it for so long that it's just, like, there was a couple of things on tonight that as much as I like them, I'm, I'm ready for them to move on from them. And this was one of them. I like the idea of Davocato. I I still call him that having a match because we haven't seen him, mm. but I'm just, I'm, I'm over all of these guys feuding with each other. Yeah. And like, yeah. they're kind of building toward, uh, I mean, they were trying to spin big E away from Apollo Cruz to their credit, but then they fired the other guy. So I hope they don't just bring Big E back with Apollo Cruz, but you're absolutely right. He needs to be feuding with somebody outside of this whole circle that they've had. And then poor Sami Zayn kind of got buried in all of this. He's like called the idiot and he gets the Nigerian nails. So he was really at the bottom of the totem pole here. Yeah, because Apollo basically said, well, Sami Zayn's not good enough, so find me next week with this guy because the only one because Sami Zayn was my partner. And I was like, poor Sami Zayn, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they just need to really rotate some things right now. They've got yeah. all the great parts. You know, tonight, I really don't have an issue with any of the talent they showcased. I think this was some of SmackDown's best we saw. But some of these storylines, we're just seeing too much of the same people in... uh in matches against each other and feuds against each other in segments. Yeah, and I have a feeling that everybody's going to do that until July. I feel like the month of June is going to be like, let's just like make some feuds happen, but you're not going to see a lot of advancement until I hate to be the one that says that, but until they're in front of the fans. And I'm not saying that just for WWE. I'm saying it also for AEW and even Impact and all of these companies that are getting ready to go into front of crowds, I think they're going to save their best fields for that because it's just a couple more weeks. You might as well wing it. Right. feels like that every other week. Yeah. <laughs> Smackdown. Um, so we went from this. This is, this is a minor quibble I have, but when you've got Chad Gable backstage talking to the Street Profits, if two different teams are in a feud, why are they both wearing red? It's very disorienting. Yeah. I mean, and red is such a distracting color that if they, they shouldn't be matching, that's that's a good point. Yeah. That's an excellent point. I didn't think about it until you just now said it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a little distracting. Yeah. yeah. And why was Chad talking like a leprechaun at one point? Like uh, his promos, I, I like Chad Gable a lot. Ready, willing, and Gable for life. Wish I bought one of those towels Shorty when they G were on sale. Life. Shorty G. Oh, I forgot about Shorty G. Eastside blocked it from my memory. Uh, <laughs> I love Chad Gable, Alpha Academy. It is what it is. No, I mean it's it's nothing is what it is. It's exactly what like, I think. 
it's so sad with Chad Gable because he was so great once upon a time. I mean, he still is. He's a great wrestler. But in terms of a potential star, like he had that wild hair and they made him cut his hair and they made him like everybody else. And then his tag team partner, Otis, they're literally doing that exact same thing and making him into somebody who's just like everybody else where he has to, he just cut that beard. He looks awful, I think. And he looks so generic. And it was so sad to see him cut that beard. But I think he's headed down the same path, unfortunately, as Chad Gable was. Poor Otis. He, get rid of he, lost, he lost his girlfriend, his briefcase, his beer. Like, this guy has had a rough his year. His best man. friend. Yeah. His best friend, yeah. He's gone. <laughs> Damn. Sitting backstage, eating a ham sandwich, all sad. <laughs> Thinking about the trajectory his life has taken. What do you guys think about Otis's new look? Am I crazy? When they attack, they're like, oh my God, it's Otis. I was like, no, that is a child. That's a fat kid attacking. <laughs> swear to God, I didn't think that was Otis. I was so mad when I saw that that was actually Otis. Yeah, I, I, it's awful. It looks awful. No, I thought I thought um, somebody like sent me a picture of it, and I was like, it looks Photoshop. It's so bad that it looks Photoshop. Like it's, I feel bad. I feel bad. Hopefully they realize it and they let him grow it right back. I feel like I got to DM Otis and we got to talk like fat kid to fat kid, like about. <laughs> The importance of facial hair. It's like it's like wearing a t-shirt in the swimming pool. Like there's just some things you do because you know it's never gonna be great, but you could do some things to present yourself a little bit better. And I think the beard really was helping him. Maybe he's hung up Ron Strowman look better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he grows it back because that was it just Me didn't too. look like Otis. It looked like a completely different person. No, and it like, was bad. I can't unsee it now. The only reason I ever shave my beard is just because in quarantine, like, you know, in isolation, like that's the easiest way to give myself a haircut. Like I would never do it otherwise. It's just not right. good. I've had this for 17 years, never going back. But yeah, it's just not, not a good look for him. And uh, again, Street Profits, most charismatic, one of the most charismatic teams, probably, uh, you know, them and the Usos, two best tag teams in all of WWE and uh, they're feuding with Alpha Academy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for a while it looks like it looks like they're stretching this thing out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. okay. So uh, after this, oh, quick update on the Breakfast Club: uh, Andrew Clark and John Bender are getting into it. Uh, John Bender just asked if he could hear this. Let me turn it up for you. That classic moment we all remember and love. And I think soon they're going to talk about the pressures their fathers put on them. And you know, I'm sure Chad Gable and Andrew Clark could talk a lot about what it means to be a star athlete. What it means to be in that, you know, high school collegiate system. They would really, 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 I think, have a lot in common. Michael Sachs Jr., $2, saying, hello, Issa Glenn and Alfred. How you, me, I'm amazing. Good Word. We're doing awesome. Great. Hi, Michael. How are you? Well, you are amazing. You just said that. So good. We had an extended talk before this podcast started about hotels in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we did. And where to best stay for SummerSlam. Yeah, we did. It was fun. Great combo. Yeah. That would be exclusive content uh, that you guys can get access to. <laughs> uh, James Adams, thank you for the super chat. I'm not, I don't, I don't know what that's all. I'm just, I don't see, I don't hear. Thank you. Do we still get the money? Uh, yeah, dude. I know. Like Raj is like, this is perfect, man. Like, you know, please, <laughs> please tweet things that maybe aren't bad, or please super chat maybe things that aren't best read aloud, and then it's win, win, win for Raj. Uh, no, uh, you're welcome, Raj. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jay and Roman in the back. Rain's asking where Jimmy is. Jay says Jimmy's out there, mad, angry, talking. Um. Oh, the, the locker room. They'll be in the Usos locker room. And Roman's I'm sure it's not Roman's cousin's locker room. Yeah. Roman is such a troll. He's so good at this role. This, that whole yeah. conversation, the way that he laughed when Jay was like, he said he'll be at our locker room. He was like, your, your locker room? <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. And um, I I love seeing, and we got to it at, at their final confrontation tonight, but I love seeing Jay like getting so fed up with both of them. Like, I really need you guys to work this out because I can't keep being pulled in both directions. And Jay did a good job at acting it out where throughout the show you saw him going like, I cannot deal yeah. with either one of you. He did he did awesome tonight. I really, really was invested in which direction if Jay's going to go. And when he said, screw you both, I was proud of him. I'm like, yeah, bro, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, because like, at a certain point it was starting to be like jay you've got to stand up for yourself he was just being like the middle guy who wasn't saying anything and 
They were, I, I love that they were fighting over him, but they were arguing about, no, I'm not fighting over him. No, I'm not fighting. And then they're arguing with each other. Yeah. And I that he, he did such a great job. And he's been doing a great job for a couple of weeks now with just, because all he's been really trusted to do in these couple of weeks with this storyline uh, is like his facial expressions is all they've really needed from him. But eventually he had to kind of explode. And I thought he did a great job. Like this storyline has been so good that they've got arguably the best promo that's ever lived in Paul Heyman. They don't need him to do a thing. They're like, hey, Paul, yeah. you, know, you know how you're one of the best promos ever? Just stay on the side and we'll take it from And let us do our thing. Yes, which is amazing because when when Paul Heyman first got paired up with Roman, the fact that he's just there as a supporting actor, it goes to show you how much Roman has grown. Because when he first came back, you couldn't help but to think, of course, they're going to give him a mouthpiece because people weren't sure of Roman's promos capabilities. And now we want him to, I personally want him to talk more. I love the way he's delivering his lines and everything about him. And Paul Heyman is literally me. I'm the creepy person staring at Roman like, oh, yeah, that's Paul Heyman. Like, I feel yeah. like he's representing all of the people that are like crazy about Roman Reigns because sometimes I'm like Roman is a freaking restrict like a restraining order I guess <laughs> Paul Heyman the way he gets so creepy <laughs> it, Paul Heyman will come into play when Brock comes back oh, sure. That's my no, he will. He'll, listen when they do need him he's going to knock it out of the park I'm just saying it speaks to how great the storyline is where this super talented Paul Heyman is not really needed to move it forward Jackson yes. Cowman's 499 saying, out of all three, Jimmy has the best promo ability. Sorry, Issa, no hate on your man. Nah, you know, I, I might second. I thought him and Jimmy were great, but uh, Jimmy is amazing. He's an amazing actor. What I love about him, he did this thing where he got ready to fight Roman Reigns. And the way he acted is the way, like, in real life, men act yeah. when they're about to get, well, so what? Are we doing this or not? Like, he yeah. really did a good job getting fired up and WWE always overdoes that. It does it cartoonishly when somebody throws a microphone and they start fighting or something. Yeah. But Jimmy was great in like, when he you was. thought they were gonna fight, he did a great job in that role. He was, as someone that's been in a couple of fights myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is the exact attitude that you take. Like, all right, are we doing this? If it was a girl, he would have started taking off the, the hoop earrings right there and there. That was the only thing missing from that moment. And I did like that. But to Jack's point, I feel like every week is one of them that's shining differently. Like this week, we're going to let Roman really show you guys. I felt like Roman was the one that shined last week. As of tonight, promo-wise, I felt it was Jimmy, but I was very invested into Jay. So I felt like the Usos tonight came on top because I really wanted to know which direction Jay is going to go while Jimmy was killing it. And you're right. Jimmy has that... It, there's something so believable about the way that he cuts his promo and about the way that he speaks that you're just like, listen... Are we what 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 yeah. <laughs> you know and I'm like okay it's gonna it's going down right now <laughs> yeah well and that's kind of my point about the stuff with Roman and Ray is that I would rather have the main event of Hell in a Cell be family therapy out there with uh, Rikishi mediating and everyone airing their grievances <laughs> that I would rather have that be the main event than what and just watch these guys just insult each other and be passive aggressive and like air dirty laundry. I'd rather watch that for a half an hour in the cell. Then I don't know because I, I hate to say this Glenn, but the moment that he made Dominic Mysterio fly, I could watch half hour <laughs> Roman Reigns killing them. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was epic. <laughs> Ray Mysterio is on top of me with the candlestick and Roman is just throwing him around. And I'm like, shit, this is so entertaining. <laughs> it was good, but I don't know. I mean, but that's the thing. You can't have it be your main event in Hell in a Cell. That's not going to close the show. Roman just comes out and like launches Ray. Actually, Ray. But Hell in a Cell is supposed to be violent. That's what we're yeah, supposed yeah. to want. This I know, but like, I love like, let's be this. friends in a cell. That's not what it's called. <laughs> I love it. It reminds me that you should have been doing this the whole time. They're in the yeah. Thunderdome with all these camera tricks that they could do with like, oh yeah, Dominic. that was amazing. Yeah, so like, so why have they been doing this the whole time? Yeah, I feel like they're getting it out of the way now because they know they're, it's going to end soon. So they're like, right. let's get all of our tricks out of the way throughout the next like three weeks or so, you know. But yeah. the way that they filmed Dominic Mysterio flying around like that, that was that was epic. I was, was like, great. okay, I, I wouldn't mind seeing this for an hour or two. James Adams, let's be friends in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be called WrestleMania in a cell, actually. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They, they gotta gotta get keep the peacock people happy. Um so uh let's see what happened after that. Carmella versus Liv Morgan. So, you know, people criticize WWE for 50-50 booking, but I think you just need to think about it as one week Carmella wins, the next week Liv Morgan wins. 
a week too late. I wanted Liv Morgan to get that victory um, last week. And I feel like they listened and that's why they did it. Um, it was a match. It's good to see Liv get the win. I just wish she would have gotten it last week as well. And I did pop for Carmilla asking to be announced as still the most beautiful woman in WWE. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was funny. As much as I don't like the term because it feels very diva-ish, you know, era, I, I, I'm, she is living for it and I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm glad that she's doubling down. At least she's doubling yeah. down. <laughs> so at least they're going somewhere with that character and stuff like that. But this 50-50 booking, you go from caring about one person to caring about zero people. Because when Carmella lost after it seemed like they were doing something with her last week, it's like, okay, so they're both losers. So now we're back to zero, and they're going to need to do something to, to advance this. But, I mean, I don't know why they're just going back and forth like this. And it just never is a proven model that elevates anybody when you just do one person wins this week, the other person wins next week. Yeah, agreed. And and I do think that after Bailey, Bianca's going to need some people to feud with. So I feel like they're building one of these two women up. And I wouldn't mind seeing Liv get a shot at the title. Even if she loses, it would just elevate her right now. So again, I just wish she would have gotten both victories. But at least they listen. They they read the room yeah. and they listen. We'll see where it goes next week because, you know, they're going to fight for at least three more weeks. Yeah. And then the blow-off match will probably be on the pre-show of Hell in a Cell. Yeah, sadly. I know they could do so much more with this. I think they're both yeah. immensely talented and um, I just want a little more substance to the story. There's line. nothing, there's not much that they can do because that's the whole women's division in, in SmackDown. You're looking yeah. at it now. Why? So there's no excuse for that. They, they've got so many women there and they only use like, what, three of them? No, they only have six and two of them are Tamina and Natalia who are traveling back and forward between Raw. Think about it, it's seven, but Sasha Banks is not there right now. I mean, so, in, in general, I mean, between NXT, that big backed up developmental performance yeah. they have, like, that's a real problem that they can't get enough people on TV for whatever reason they don't have, because it's painfully obvious that they don't have yeah. a lot of women there. And so you see this just big drop off between the men and the women. And I, I think it makes for a kind of a skewed show. And yeah. yeah, and that's why Triple H's weird dodging of the comment this week about not doing an all women show and things like that. It's just like, dude, that's in NXT. I think the women carry NXT most weeks. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think they barely get opportunities on the main roster. You know, right. so mm -hmm. clearly if there's if they're if they're not allowed to have equal opportunities, um, I think that, you know, why not give them a, a platform to showcase? And it's funny, no one brought up that he was like, oh, well, what if we did a men's only show? It's like last I checked 205 Live has been all male for its entire existence. Yeah. yeah and I mean, this men's only, it's a false equivalency. It's just that, you know, in addition to being equal, there there's some entertaining like women who are uh, like there are matches between women that I would rather see than a uh, Street Profits versus Chad Gable and Alpha Academy feud at the moment. Like if they don't have anything better for them, instead of like shoehorning this, I'm sure there's like a championship feud they can be doing. And it also takes away from whatever championships are on that show, because if there isn't really a women's division, then what does that title mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and another thing is when it came to the like women's like all women's event or whatever that he was asked about, I know that a lot of people talk about how evolution didn't sell out, but you just had a year of sitting there with no fans that you could have done it. There's no production like yeah. value to go into it. There's no traveling. You literally could have done a network special of all women and it would have cost you nothing because the Thunderdome is already there put together for you. So I, you know, I get that he was trying to dodge the question, but it's just like if you didn't want to like lose money on it, so-called lose money, you had a whole year where you could have done it and see how the on online um, fans reacted, you know, and, and Mickey James is very smart for jumping on this because you know how many eyes are going to be on NWA when she runs this old women's pay-per-view? There is a, there is an audience for it. Absolutely. And Evolution is the best vibe, even better than the original Double or Nothing. <sighs> Evolution is Evolution the best vibe. Everything. Mm -hmm. Best vibe of any live wrestling event I've ever been to. Yeah, it was. Yeah, excellent. I think it's ridiculous and unfair that it's just solely being judged by, okay, well, this better draw or these women will never get another pay-per-view instead of like, this is going to be a starting point so that we can build something that eventually makes money, which is the way any business usually works. Yeah. So I think it's just unfair that you're they're being held to the standard where it's like, this thing a better draw. And if it loses money well then every women event is going to be labeled as something that could potentially lose money that is insane thinking from if that's what the thinking is in wwe mm -hmm. and i mean Agreed. look at a lot of their touring shows there, there were nights remember when raw was running on tuesdays opposite smackdown and vice versa like smackdown on mondays wasn't even selling out like a high school gymnasium 
yeah. uh, size audience, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I think they need to build something and it's a different demographic too. We're talking about this with total divas, total Bellas, uh, a lot of mm -hmm. the women's wrestling fans, you reach an audience that you're not going, that's not going to sit through raw and SmackDown every week. And I right. think they're also not going to feel great about the state of women's wrestling when you're doing some of these storylines that are the ones that feel like they're more filler matches rather than the main focus of creative. Right. Yeah, agreed. You know, uh, but we did go from this to Bailey Ding Dong Hello with special yes. guest Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh, so much laughter. Oh so much laughter. Oh, so love... much laughter. No, I loved everything about this segment. These two together were gold. Like, they're so equally annoying. And putting them together, I don't know. I thought they played so well off of each other. I thought the use of the set, even when Cesaro showed up, like, who the hell does an interruption and knocks on the door first? Like, ring the doorbell. <laughs> like, I thought, listen, I, I, it was stupid. But it was fun, stupid. I laughed a yeah. couple of times. I don't know how Seth Rollins ended up half naked and running away from Cesaro yeah. in his underwear. <laughs> there was just something very, very good about the way they vibed off each other. Even Bianca coming out and laughing at Bailey, I thought this. I thought this segment was quite enjoyable. Yeah, it was good. I think. Uh... No, I didn't seem like you liked it. It didn't seem like you liked the segment. No, I thought it was like yeah. trolling. That was like trolling. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's what it felt yeah. like. <laughs> well, I wasn't a big fan of this segment, to be honest. It was a lot of laughter. And you're right. It was very annoying. But to me, it annoyed me. And like, okay, let's see. Let's get this over with. And I was kind of hoping that when they rang the doorbell, they just made it so obvious that it was going to be a baby face. I was hoping they were going to like double troll us. And it's like Postmates. And then they laughed. Oh like, you got to lean in. <laughs> but then the fact that it was, it was just predictable. And it was a very I weird way to get to I was waiting. To be Michael Cole with Seth Rollins drink. Oh, that'd be, that'd oh. be really funny. <laughs> but okay, so <laughs> she told Michael Cole to get drinks. That was yeah. a good line. That was it good. Was. So when Cesaro showed up, I was kind of like, okay, this is predictable. But when Bianca showed up and just started laughing, I was like, okay. It was like uh, the Simpsons with the 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 garden rake gag, where Homer's just uh, uh, stepping, or was it Sideshow Bob? He steps on one. You're like, okay, steps on five. You're like, this is getting too much. She steps on nine. This is hilarious now. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah, like I, I personally liked it, but I feel like that's what these characters uh, come off as. Like, they're so annoying and over-the-top aggravating. Then even when I saw ahead of time that they announced them together, I was like, this is not going to be for everybody. But I was, I personally loved it, but I can see why it also was not for everybody. Yes, but it had it had a good energy in that trolling sense. Like, like something uh, about them together. Like out for the episode of Larry Sanders, maybe my third favorite episode when he wants Bobcat Goldthwait to host the show after his. Yeah, and Bobcat yeah. does the audition for his late night show. Very similar energy. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. Three Twenty wants to know, Issa, next week will you watch parts of E Three? E Three. The video game. Oh. <laughs> Starts streaming on Saturday. I looked it up. Oh, maybe, possibly. New season of Fortnite dropped this week. Oh, God, please. There's aliens. There's a ska Fortnite, song. Fortnite fell off the wagon like years, like seasons ago. <laughs> I know. I put just like four times a year. I get into it a little bit. Right, then... right. When a new season comes out and then you realize it's the same old and then you completely stop. <laughs> I like when the new season starts because everybody goes to check it out, including a lot of people who aren't very good. So I get a lot of wins. Like with the new season. And then I'm happy. And then I, you, guys... you know, what's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say you guys in Among Us. No, no, I haven't played. I that. like Among Us. I play it. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah I, it's good. It's good. I haven't installed anything new in a while. Uh, Jody Sean Jenkins, Canadian, five dollars. That's like four dollars American. So I think the Ding Dong bit is clever, but in my opinion, Rollins' stock has dropped like a stone. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. But I will say one thing. I was seeing a couple of like fantasy booking options for Seth Rollins and somebody put out there Seth Rollins against Edge. And it took me back to heel Seth Rollins segment uh, on Raw when he almost killed Edge. And I was like, oh, yeah. that Seth Rollins against Edge? Yes, I want to see it. I don't know about this Seth Rollins. I, but I do think if he moves on from Cesaro, we can make him... We can build him to that and he could have a, a, a good match at SummerSlam because they're trying to make SummerSlam so big. Um, you know, but not not this Seth Rollins. I don't think I would take him seriously in a in a field with Edge. 
a coming yeah. back edge. To the point of his stock dropping, I mean, I was in the building for WrestleMania 34 where he opened the match against uh, Finn Balor and The Miz. Might have been the greatest opening match of WrestleMania history. Oh, yeah. And by the end of that match, that place was going insane for Seth Rollins. It was when yeah. he first started stomping his feet. The entire stadium is clapping while yeah. he's stomping his feet. It's an incredible scene. And I'm thinking, like, this is their next superstar. There's no way he's not going to. If you were to tell me that guy in a couple of years is going to be in a purple blazer in his underwear, I feel like, no, no, he's not. And here we are. Uh, yeah, so just I mean, update. He, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 35, yeah. and the crowd went crazy for it too in New York. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like Seth has been one that the the no crowd has hurt him. I know that some people have grown from from performing in front of no one. I think that Seth needs a crowd. Because people are distracted, uh, like most of our audience tonight, because the Breakfast Club is on IFC. John Bender just revealed uh, things are kind of tough in the Bender household, and Allison put a pixie stick, two pixie sticks into her Coca-Cola. I've never tried that. My teeth hurt just thinking about it, though. Maybe this weekend. Finally live the dream and make it happen. You know, Glenn, you should have like a podcast that's like cliff notes of these movies, and you just run them down like, I would listen to them. Like some of these movies. I've never seen Legally Blonde, honestly. And if you ran down Legally Blonde, I would pay to listen to a podcast of Glenn. Just give me the cliff notes of Legally Blonde. That was, I had that idea... Maybe like 10 years ago, I was doing a video game podcast and we had what we would call like the grudge match. It was always like Street Fighter, different things. And, you know, we did uh, different things that happened if you lost, like humiliations. And like, <laughs> like one the other, like one of us got to cut the other one's hair. Like that was a big one that happened one week. <laughs> but uh, that was one thing one week was it was going to be like, loser has to watch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and then give a report on it on the next episode. That's amazing. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. There was a podcast. I was thinking it would be an interesting thing to get. Uh, and you could do this. It's not just men or women. Uh, you could have people that are just oblivious to other pockets of culture in media and have them watch that for the first time yeah. and then talk about that with them. Well, that'd be fun. I mean, that kind of sounds like Clubhouse, honestly. Yeah. But no, I think <laughs> it would be really interesting, you know, to take people that aren't familiar with hip hop and like, yeah. okay, we're going to watch Break Into Electric Boogaloo. And I just want your impressions, not knowing anything about this. Or we're going to watch New Jack City. And I just want your impressions, not knowing anything about it. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it would like you see those react videos. And maybe we're going to watch uh, like, uh, 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 what was the one? Uh, Eight Seconds, the Luke Perry rodeo movie. Like, we're just going to have people get exposed to different cultures and entertainment and then give their reactions to it and talk about it. We can throw pro wrestling in there. I'd like to see people's first-time reactions to pro wrestling. I mean, you'll get another perspective as to what connects with people. Me yeah. Too. Yeah. No, I, with wrestling, actually, I have to admit, I would be embarrassed with wrestling. Break into Electric Boogaloo, I'll put that on for anyone. <laughs> New Jack City. New Jack City is freaking riveting. That's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. But with wrestling, really have to pick and choose. Maybe Sasha versus Bailey, first NXT takeover. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That's the match I recommend to people that don't watch wrestling. I'm like, watch that. I actually think you could do so much with like the wrestling aspect of it. Because I do that too. And I try to see what really gets people. Because sometimes what we feel we should watch, we should show people that never seen wrestling before is not really what connects with them. I think that's a, that's a great concept just to see what really is that connects with people. Because we are such fans that what we think we should show sometimes is not what connects with people that never watched it before. Yeah. It's terrible mm -hmm. Max Landis really had to kind of turn out to be a bad person because that wrestling is a wrestling. That's so epic. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good thing to show people who don't watch wrestling just because part of wrestling requires you to just understand what it is you're watching, like so that you can suspend your disbelief so that you're not looking for where it's fake, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's terrible that he did the things he allegedly did. It's terrible. I mean, just learning about them in so much detail, and that's there. But, I mean, that video was so celebrated when it came out. Was that yeah, like five or six right. years ago? Yeah. yeah. And I, was, I would actually show that before I would show a wrestling match to some of yeah. the people that never watched it to explain it. Orientation. Oh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Chad Gable versus Montez Ford. Why? Why? Oh, why? And the clean shave. It was so Otis. good, though. It was such a good fun it match. Was. It was a they good had match. an amazing match with the two Otis. of them. Outside, I have fun watching. They're, they they go at it like it was so good. But then clean shave and Otis, <laughs> and we didn't we didn't get a winner. That, okay, here's my thing. Uh, it's not a okay. Nothing is a great match if we don't have a decisive winner. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. pick a side. 
That's my. The more frustrated I am with outside interference, the better the match. And by the time Otis came out and interrupted, it's like, oh, damn it, which means mm-hmm. I was enjoying the match. Yeah, I was too. I was too. And I didn't like that he had to come out and ruin the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chad Gable, man, Chad Gable, like, pretty G thing was one thing. Teaming with Otis, the Alpha Academy, but he's still he's still a great wrestler in the ring. It's just man, try and think: is there a more talented male wrestler that's gotten diverted with weirder gimmicks and storylines? <laughs> and he's still memory? there, man. And he's still yeah. there. I remember his matches with actually with Baron Corbin when they were doing the King of the Ring tournament. Him and Baron Corbin had yes. An amazing match. And then I remember they ran it again. And I was like, okay, I'm not mad at this because I did not expect the two of them to have the chemistry that they ended up having. He's so talented. And I always want to see him like go at it with whoever because I know it's going to be a good match. But I still feel bad that they never really went anywhere with him. And that's a good way of putting it, Glenn. He might be the most talented guy in the position he's in. I don't even think it's an argument. I think it's quite clear. I mean, he's a very good worker. He was great in tag team. He's not even pushed as a tag team guy, which, I mean, that's what he came in doing. That's what he shined doing in NXT. Uh, But I think he's somebody who, if they even started to invest in him, because to Issa's point, during that period against Baron Corbin, they were kind of reviving him. And if they wanted, I think they could have brought him back from the dead and done something. But after he was done with Baron Corbin, they just... Sent him back they could have had him. They could have had him win King of the Ring easily. Sure. You know, at that particular point, I felt like he could have gone either way, and that would have probably been a different, you know, a different direction in his career. But yeah, oh, man. I mean, you talk about it, back with American Alpha, what they were doing back then. I mean, you only saw some of that on TV. I mean, I remember going to a few NXT live events, and they were so hilarious and so mm-hmm. great in yeah. how they played off each other. They were able to tell stories. You know, in the ringing and outside of them, and I mean, and they, remember, they broke American Alpha up before Jason Jordan was injured. Oh yeah, well, well before yeah. they were going to go with Jason Jordan as a big single star, and then fortunately right. got hurt. Hey, Kurt Angle's uh, son, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was horrible that they did that storyline. But I mean, Jason Jordan, I love Jason Jordan. I thought that he, if he would have stayed healthy, would have been a huge star. I thought that he would, they were going to cash in with him because even though that Kurt's angle son storyline was ridiculous, like he did get heat for that. And he did a good job of like playing up to that. And I thought he was great as a heel on that, that toward the end of he that. Won the, he won the tag titles with Seth Rollins. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Otis interfered, caused a DQ. Otis, Clean grow the beard Otis. back. Clean grow the beard Otis. back. Please. <laughs> Like, I don't, WWE does this thing. They did this with Jackson Riker, too, where they had him cut his hair, and now he looks like some softball dad. Like, he looks so much <laughs> older with no hair. And he's, like, balding. And they just have people cut their hair. And, cut, and and it's also the wrestlers overthinking, which I think is a kind of sad element of this. Sometimes you'll see a guy who's stuck somewhere. He was a hot once. Like, oh, this was Money in the Bank champion at one point. But then they start getting lower and lower and lower. They start questioning themselves, overthinking. I got to change something. So now he's shaving his beard, and maybe his hair is going to be next. And I just thought... The, the regular Otis was such a, a, a unique-looking man in this business. Otis, you find that hair, you get it out of the trash can, you glue it back on your face. You yeah. need that beard. Maybe <laughs> seen that he worked for Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin didn't need to cut that hair off. Yeah, Baron Corbin, like <laughs> Baron Corbin. I mean, it is sort of that thing where Baron Corbin. It was distracting. People were talking about the hair a lot and not in a positive yeah, because it wasn't. It didn't go with him. I can't even. Sometimes I'll, I'll be watching something and like long hair Baron Corbin will come on and it takes me a second to catch on to who that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you wanted to forget about that Baron Corbin. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. So sometimes a makeover works, much like at the end of the Breakfast Club when Allison. <laughs> Sells out her uh, goth uh, loner identity and decides to go mainstream. Amazing. Good. good. Plot thickens. Issa, which which member of the movie The Breakfast Club is your favorite? I don't know. I don't Alfred? Either. Nice. Yeah, you guys not, have never seen big... the Breakfast Club. I feel like I, I did see one. I, 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 so I don't remember anything. I don't remember. You remember nothing about it. I just remember the main talking points, but I don't remember yeah, yeah, the people and stuff. I get it. I'm, I'm wow, an old man. He is so disappointed in us, Alfred. <laughs> no, this is like him. Raj with the Goonies all over again. You know, <laughs> we need the Cliff Notes podcast. I'll listen to that. <laughs> it's a good movie, man. Suburban angst. Um, <laughs> So Shinsuke Nakamura versus King Baron Corbin and Rick Boogs out there. And even without, I mean, okay, this is what stole the match for me was Rick Boogs without the guitar, air guitaring, and then doing the guitar stuff on the ring ropes. 
at the yeah. end there where it was just like, man, you are just, you were so over the top. This went beyond obnoxious and somehow became brilliant at a point. Yeah. 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 He said, you're not giving me a job or entrance. We're still going to do this no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> He's the star um, of this feud, man. That's the craziest thing. Forget the crown, forget Shinsuke, forget Baron. This is all about Rick Boogs and his guitar, man. My favorite spot probably of the show was when he was doing good vibrations and Rick Boogs is doing the <laughs> I popped huge for that. I thought that was so me funny. Too. Me too. Me too. But I, I can't take this anymore. I'm glad that they're putting the crown on the line next week. It, it has to stop. Like the, then let the crown be defended or whatever it needs to happen. But I, I said it on Twitter earlier because I'm such a huge Shinsuke fan that I want to see him on my TV and the fact that I'm getting him every week right now. But I don't want to see him every week against the same person. So I think it's time, like, let's let's see who keeps the crown and let's move on from there. Because I, I didn't want this to go to Shinsuke against Baron Corbin for 10 weeks in a row. That's not where I right. wanted this to go. I love him with Shinsuke. I love the crown. I love everything about it. But I just need them to move on and do something different with it. And it seems like we're going in that direction. We definitely, yeah. It looks like they're just looking at it that they're tied two to two. I don't know if WWE just backed into a story or if if this is a story they were going to tell where these guys were going to have a series, they should have marketed it as like a best of five or we're going to have a best of seven for the crown because I feel the same way you do, Issa, in terms of like I'm tired of seeing these guys wrestle, but that's only because you saw something and you didn't expect to see it the next week and then you saw it the next week and it's like, okay, well, they've already done it a couple of times. So the more they just wrestle out of context, the more you're like, why do these guys keep fighting over a freaking crown? But if they would have marketed this as, okay, fine, we're going to have a best of five series for this crown, you'll expect it and you'll grade it differently. And, and it'll be like, okay, let's compare this match to the other match instead of it just being these guys fighting over a crown. You know what's going to happen? I'm sorry. What? No, go or, ahead. This, what's this is what I want to have happen. Hell in a Cell, Corbin versus Nakamura. Boogs is going to turn on Shinsuke, steal the crown, and take it for himself. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. God. No. <laughs> he probably <laughs> really break those guys up. <laughs> He's the star uh, of this feud, man. I Can he wrestle? To, yeah. He, I mean, I, I haven't seen him wrestle very much, right? He didn't have a lot <laughs> He's of... He's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not really like a seasoned vet, but, you know, hopefully he gets there. Right, right. What I was going to say is it's also another spot that people are popping for is the way that Shinsuke ends up getting the crown back. Yeah. You could do this without them wrestling each other. You could do this with Shinsuke wrestling on his own and Baron Corbin coming out to troll or Baron Corbin wrestling somebody else and Shinsuke coming out to get the crown. So you didn't need to have them wrestle each other necessarily in order for the storyline to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all I remember about this next segment with Roman backstage is that Roman has a sock, uh, pop socket on the back of his cell phone. Wait, you know, what? People- <laughs> He has one of those little stick-on things on the back of his phone, the little handles. Who? Yeah, Roman does. When Roman, the show no, Roman he looking at his phone, no, he, he did when he's looking at his no, phone. He he's got a pop. He's like he's like a soccer mom. You I know, uh, you got pop. Well, no, I have a I have the ring actually. <laughs> okay, well that. But the I didn't know pop sockets were still a thing. Wow. I was just like that didn't strike me as a Roman thing. It's like if you found out Roman owned like a fidget spinner, you might be kind of like, okay, yeah, didn't see yeah. that come in. I just need to a little pop too whimsical. Those. You know, just a little. Nobody's paying attention to Roman's cell phone when he's on the screen. Well, he was texting, you know. (laughs) Um, Jimmy said that one day Roman will go into the WWE Hall of Fame, but not as Roman Reigns, but as a spoiled B-word. I love this drama between them. I'm so much more invested in this. Me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. I like that. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, no I, I just I just like the overarching story. Like Roman Reigns is kind of like Scientology. If you're like <laughs> anybody he gets near, he can convert into his little religion. This is why this is why he's such a great character. As soon as Jay walked off and it's him and Jimmy, he reverts to his manipulative. He's like, okay, now I've got to manipulate this twin. So he yeah. manipulates Jimmy into doing what he wants to do. And then yeah. later on, you see the physical side where he's this monster who can kill two people. Like, this is one of the best television characters that WWE's ever had in terms of the range that this guy goes to be a bad guy. It was amazing to see. I, I yeah, I was. Admit, sorry, you said you, you go for it? No, I was just going to say there was that part where Jimmy did what Alfred mentioned earlier, where he was like, okay, are we going? You're going to box me? Let's go. And at that point, I really did think that Roman Reigns was just going to like throw hands with him. And Roman really? Reigns like, what, you want to fight me? You, That's what you want to do? That's not what this is about. And then he like completely went in a whole different direction that I wasn't expecting. And I'm like, this is genius. I, I was waiting for him to just beat him up and he didn't. And it was epic. It was epic. Yeah. I like 
Roman manipulating his individual cousins. Yeah. You know, I once pulled a similar move to convince my entire family that we all wanted to go on vacation to Disney World together. <laughs> you know, it's just about telling each one what they want to hear and making them yeah. feel like it's their idea. Divide and conquer. <laughs> and I can get behind Roman doing that. This is what, I wasn't a child. They did this like in my 30s. Uh, so I can get behind what Roman is doing. I understand. I don't know what his end game is on this. For me, I just wanted the family to go to Epcot and have a nice dinner at like the Polynesian hotel. That was my, that was my, you know, semi altruistic goal. What, what is Roman's end game with this? Power. This is, this is like a, the, what he's doing. And this is why I love it because it's not a cartoon. What he's doing is like, Somebody who knows about power knows when it's time to fight and when it's time to get people on your side. And it's like playing to the 48 laws of power is that like you got to keep people dependent on you as one of them. Yes. And so like when one guy leaves, instead, if he was to fight Jimmy, then he risks losing the entire kingdom. He realizes, OK, I got to I got to regroup and I've got to manipulate these people back onto my side. And he might have them both under a spell. That's why it's so funny that person who suggested Naomi comes in. That'd be funny yeah. if like Naomi has to come from the outside because he's now brainwashed them. And if he brainwashes her, then, then Rikishi's going to need to come in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agree. And then I want them all to have an intervention. I want Roman to play the victim and be like, you're all, you're all ganging up on me. Turn yeah. it all around on them. They could do so much with this. Oh, they could. This is so good. Yeah. That would be then, a great segment, wouldn't it? If they did like an Anoa'i intervention. <laughs> It would. I don't know if they could call it that, but they should do something like that. But that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. And then he's going to like throw them all out of the ring. And then you know who's going to have to show up. It's going to be The Rock. Oh. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the family member that can actually say, no, bro, you, you're not on my level. And that's how we start building Survivor That'd be Series. Amazing. Oh, that would be amazing. See? be the deepest storyline they have built since Daniel Bryan and his WrestleMania victory. Yeah. Yeah, that, that has to, I mean, WWE, I know they can't pencil, or they can't have The Rock for sure, but they have a pencil in probably that. The end game is this is going to The Rock if he's going to keep talking about head of the table. And I mean, that's the only way it could truly end, I think, in terms of a satisfying He's making end. it so much about family, and you're so involved in this family drama that they are literally selling you this, this main event without The Rock even showing up. When he does show up, everybody's going to be like, ah, and then, you know, he's going to... It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great story. I really thought they, I really hope they get the rock on board because it's just going to be epic. And it goes to show you that they still got a little bit of creative hope there for us. You know, I just wish they did this with every character. And that's yep. the thing: you have to write these characters from the end game and go backwards. And that's how you write a perfect story. But writing for every character week after week that doesn't work. You have to be like, I want Roman Reigns to beat. The Rock at WrestleMania. How do we get there? Let's work backwards. And they're not doing that for everybody. It shows who they're putting time and effort into and who they're not. Mm -hmm. So does The Rock acknowledge Roman as the head of the table? He better. Not, not a chance. He'll, <laughs> oh, he'll have he will. a clever one-liner uh, cooked up for, uh, for Roman Reigns in terms of acknowledging him. I can't wait. He's going to tell him that he learned everything from him. Watch. <laughs> the Rock's gonna tell him, "I had to take you under my wing, put you on a Fast and the Furious movie, and teach you how to act so you could get here." Like, oh, it's gonna be epic. <laughs> he wasn't Hobbs like... and Shaw. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a spin-off. It's a spin-off. <laughs> the Rock will be like, "How do you want me to acknowledge you?" And I'm like, "I want you." To... It doesn't matter how you want me to acknowledge you. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so awesome. But I do want to see um, him and Cena too first because I really oh, want him to do better on the mic against Cena because Cena killed him the first time yeah. around, but he was in this Roman ring. So I'm looking forward to that too. It's going to be a whole different story. J. Russell mm -hmm. Harris, 499, saying, so after The Rock beats Roman at WrestleMania, does Roman turn face again, much like Hogan did after The, the Rock's not beating Roman. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's not the move. You don't want the... <laughs> You don't want the 50-year-old Hollywood star to beat Roman Reigns and then leave. Mm -hmm. Like Roman Reigns has to win that match if they if, they, if that's has. what they're thinking. If they're gonna build him up like this and do the double pin and all that stuff, you don't kill that with the rock. Oh, I forgot about the double pin. Are they still selling that t-shirt? Or they realize like that t-shirt is too much even by WWE shop standards. <laughs> uh Rey Mysterio was out in the ring. He wants payback for what Roman did to Dominic. He's so, he's so dumb. He's so dumb. Why is he suicidal? Like, why are you doing this, Rey Mysterio? Why? And 
And then you're you're putting your like like somebody needs to call child protective services because you put your child in this situation. <laughs> your child just got beat up. <laughs> this is all on you, Ray Mysterio. <laughs> I look out in the WWE universe. It's probably because Vince has gotten so old that like now twenty four year olds are like literally children to him. Dominic Mysterio is a grown man, but he's booked as a child on the show. Where Ray's like, "You beat up my boy. You beat me." It's a grown man, and last week it's a wrestling trip. company. I so this child abuse to beat up Dominic Mysterio. Like this guy is only two years younger than The Rock was when he won the first WWE Championship. First of all, why is Ray Mysterio like, "Oh, I gotta protect my son"? Where last week your son had to fight by himself two weeks ago because you were backstage crying because somebody beat you up. Where were you for him then? You're just trying to sneak your way into a title match here, and then you just come out there and like the way Roman was just laughing at him the whole time. He's like cutting this eye from the heart promo and Roman is like, look at this guy. Like, what are you yeah. doing, bro? <laughs> and the way that Paul Heyman pulled out the mic. <laughs> yeah, just serve him. <laughs> Everything about it was perfect. But Dominic, like, listen, what they need to do is Dominic needs to put Rey Mysterio on his back and then wear a trench coat. So then that way it feels like Roman is like, like, like the three kids trying to sneak into an R-rated movie? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Form a horse. <laughs> It was it was it was a great beatdown by Roman Reigns. The, the camera angles were awesome. When he made Rey Mis- Dominic Mysterio fly, like listen, yeah. I I absolutely loved it. But it just makes you wonder. It's like what's left for them at Hell in a Cell? Like this this guy's gonna keep getting beat up for the next three weeks. That's what I'm saying. Like that's that's why I just don't see how this match is gonna go at Hell in a Cell and justify its place on the card. I mean I, sure. I have to stick up for Ray Mysterio here. I thought Ray was phenomenal on this show in terms of building this feud up, even taking the beating he did. Like it's the match that I think everybody is gonna assume that Roman Reigns is gonna win. Which uh, he is. But yeah, he's definitely gonna win. But the fact that Rey Mysterio, in his role, I thought was so great in terms of cutting that promo. A lot of people cut the same type of promo against Roman Reigns, that you use your family, I love my family. Well, Rey took another way and another spin on that because you literally see him with his son out there every week that I thought he did a good job with the subject. It's not his son. This is Eddie Guerrero's son. It is his son. It is Eddie Guerrero's son. It's not even his. And Rey Mysterio went out there, cut a hell of a promo, planted his feet in the ring, called out the baddest dude in the locker room. I thought it was excellent in terms of being a challenger. He was wearing Dominic's Gucci jacket that Dominic outgrew when he was a child. Dominic exactly. outgrows these clothes and gives them to Rey Mysterio. Okay, <laughs> there was like... <laughs> I don't care. Like he should have said that. He should have said, "Like, look, I took on this kid. He's not even my kid. That's how I'm a family man." That's what he should have said on his. Program. There's still time to Listen. tell that story. And you know what? I think Rey Mysterio is coming off very well here. Yeah, they got beat up, and maybe it's too early to beat him up as badly as he did. But there's a greater story to be told, which is a priority. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be when Dominic turns on Rey. What if it's like him? That's what a I vice versa or like father like son situation, and Rey and Dominic have swapped bodies. And that's why Dominic seems so much more mature. Ray seems so much more immature. I don't know. There could be something up. But Ray whipped out the kendo stick. You're seeing some brujeria they did over there. I want a body swap storyline. That's all I want in WWE. I want a wrestler that can hop between wrestlers. Do we I'm see an upset at like, Hell in a Cell where Rey Mysterio beats uh, Roman Reigns? He rolls him up. He's and, Alfred. Uh, Please stop. Stop. Is he a little bit of an upset? <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No way. No, I mean, the Washington, what was it, Generals, Wizards beat the Globetrotters like twice in 40 years. Generals. Generals. Yeah. Two victories over the Globetrotters. You could play that many matches versus Ray and Roman. Ray is not winning a single one of those matches. Yeah, but it's going to be a good match. Ray Ray's going to do some crazy flips and, and he's going to make Roman look like a star. I know that for a fact, but. I just saying he's taken so many beatings that just makes you wonder why even have the match at this point. Yeah, he keeps fighting. He's the what is it? The biggest little man in he, WWE. Oh, that's called cool. he's, he's a masochist. He's enjoying it at this point. <laughs> that's why he wears a mask. It's a, you know like an S and M thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred is he's going off the rails theory. tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Roman fought off Ray. Dominic attacked. Roman launched Dominic. I was hoping into a crash. Yeah, I love this. Dominic's sake. He was so good. 
But that's the thing, man. I mean, like Roman stands tall. Like, there's no suspense. There's no like, oh, maybe Roman can lose. No, like with with uh, his matches against his cousins or the one that he did with uh, was Jay. Like that one where it's like, oh, maybe you know. I mean, maybe some weird upset. But come on, like with Ray, that's just not happening. Even with Daniel Bryan. Even yeah. with Daniel Bryan, they let Daniel Bryan like like come out on top a couple of times, and um, so did with Edge too. But here, that's what I'm saying. It just feels like he's just like poor Rey Mysterio. There's still another week though. Maybe I think in two weeks. I think uh, what is it? June 20th is Hell in a Cell. So I'm guessing within one of these next two shows, uh, Rey Mysterio is going to get some semblance of one show. Of Roman Reigns. Yeah, one one so maybe next week, Ray gets a 619. Whatever they have Ray do, just based on how they book Ray, they'll have him run off at the end, but I'm sure they'll have him do something. Because they have to build him up as somebody who could possibly beat Roman Reigns. Just nobody's no, going to no, believe like, so. did he, did he even said on his on his promo, he said, I'm willing to fight a man even if I lose that fight. I was like, this dude is already telling. like He's already like, it's okay. I know you're going to beat me. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Ray Mysterio? <laughs> He's being an everyman. He's being honest with himself and his abilities. But by doing so, he's connect. He's creating a connection with these fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not even gonna say anything. I'm just gonna slip. No, up. keep talking about Rayo. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um. So that was SmackDown. You said, "What'd you think?" I thought it was a fun episode. Nothing that was like, you know, if you didn't watch it, you missed probably just the whole. Roman Reigns and the Uso storyline, but there wasn't anything that was must-watch television either. But I had a lot of fun watching this episode of SmackDown. I thought it was great. I did too. Ninety percent of what stood out was outside of the ring. I think anything that just about anything that happened in the ring tonight I was forgettable for me. But I thought the performances between uh, Ray, Uso, Jimmy, Jay, and Roman were phenomenal. I thought they carried the show. Yeah. Great. I just want them to just mix it up a little bit. But to your point, Issa, I think uh, it's going to be in the build to SummerSlam. I think they got to get through Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it's just kind of a sacrifice that they're making in that Roman's going to be so unbeatable until he goes against a Brock or a Rock or a Cena. That's the only times you're really going to be asking yourself whether or not he could lose. Yeah, but it frustrates me that they switched the order of the pay-per-views because I wish Hell in a Cell was in October like it's supposed to be and you keep building this Usos Roman Reigns storyline and have a real Hell in a Cell, you know, finish to this storyline to where right now Hell in a Cell feels so forced. Mm -hmm. It's not even supposed to be this month. Like, we should have, what, Extreme Rules or Money in the Bank or something mm -hmm. like that. I, I think Money in the Bank with fans will be a lot better. I just wish they would have done a different pay-per-view and let Hell in a Cell be for fans. Because yeah. like right now the storylines out there, Bobby Lashley and and Drew McIntyre, yes, okay, they've been feuding for the last ten years, so fine, put it in the cell. But everything else <laughs> doesn't feel worthy of the cell. So Sunday night, the three of us <laughs> back together, yeah, be in your house, three which they were ago. promoting tonight, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be great. Well, they definitely were. They're they're pushing that. It'll be good. Uh, so until then, everyone, hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in and joining us tonight on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Uh, to follow Issa, she's NYC Demon Diva, and that's Diva with a one at Twitter. Alfred is at This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And uh, be sure to rate, review, like, subscribe, get notified, yada, yada, all the stuff at the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you back here Sunday for NXT in your house on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. <laughs> on fair, $5. I blame Dominic for his dad's death. And on that note, have a great day. Same. Same.